just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Wednesday, the day after the midterm elections. And i got to be honest, I'm glad that's fucking behind us. I'm tired of the ads. I'm tired of the rhetoric and bullshit. That's not to say that we won't get some more rhetoric and bullshit. There's plenty of that yet to come. But at least we've had the election, and it's done. Now, I've heard from a lot of Democrats. They're disappointed or worried. Why? Actually, the midterm elections went very well for the Democrats. you got to look at it. Uh, in the broader perspective. I mean, the bottom line, it's a matter of who's going to hold the House and the Senate majorities. We don't know that for sure now, but some good things have happened. Fact is, we may not know what the actual count is going to be for a couple of days, maybe a week. We've got Nevada, we've got Arizona, we've got California. Typically, like in 2020, a lot of the results didn't come for a few days after the fact. But the way things have gone, it's gone pretty well for the Democrats, and uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. One of the other things I wanted to bring up, I was on TikTok earlier, I thought, election night, I'll do a live on TikTok. Well, I got on there, I got a number of people joining me, a lot of good people, but I've also got as I typically do, a lot of fucking trolls, and they're spewing bullshit. And they're basically spewing bullshit because they're scared. It's not going like they expected. Well, within 15 minutes after starting the live, I was taken down. The Republicans in force uh, mass reported me and took me down. I didn't say anything all that crazy, but that's what they do. They can't win elections. They don't deal in facts or truth. So they take down somebody who does. And it wasn't just me. There were other TikTokers, liberal TikTokers, that were taken down. Muscles and nursing. I mean, this guy's got 900,000 fucking followers. And they took him down, too. That's just how they do business. And uh, for the life of me, I don't know why I even make the effort of going live on TikTok. I thought it'd be interesting. So instead, I did a live on Instagram. Now, I don't have nearly the followers on Instagram, and I think the audience I had wasn't very big. But I wanted to get it out there. I wanted to talk to people because I think people have a misunderstanding of what went on during the midterm elections and what is yet to come. You need to know that. We'll get into that. And as I... I will tell you this, this podcast will be a little different than other podcasts because to a large degree I'm winging it, things are changing, there's more information coming out. So if it's a little herky-jerky today, give me some space. I'm just dealing with the situation that we have currently. And the other thing to consider too is since I'm recording this at about 12.30 on Wednesday morning, By the time you hear this, there may be other information, other breaking news, as they say, that happened after I did this podcast. 
so what I may do is I may do another podcast tomorrow afternoon. Uh, uh, I maybe do it with Ed. That would be helpful, and he would give us some perspective. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm a fluid guy. Whatever will be, will be. We have one email before we get into this mess. This one comes from Chris. He says, hi, Mike. Great interview with the Ph.D., you uh, met when you were on vacation in Vermont. He had an excellent take on John Brown, who was Calvinist and a great man of faith, a white man willing to die for a black man. Voting ends tonight. I hope every election denying hump gets what's coming to them after today's results come in. The cancer needs to be dealt with. Trust me, I know maybe the fact that uh, uh, 70% of the American public thinks the matter's uh, of the day of one six taken care of. I'm not sure what he meant there. Trump, I fear, has damaged this country badly. Some may never be repaired. COVID-19, build up to the election, coup attempt, denied the peaceful transfer of power, sedition. Yeah, you hit them all. Keep the bullshit of the Trumplicans down. Best regards, Chris. Now, this came in earlier tonight before... You know, any of this election stuff really started happening. But thank you, Chris, for the kind words and the uh, the support. The Ph.D. he's talking about was uh, Dr. Joe Wiley, a gentleman I met in Vermont. I thought he was a very articulate, very intelligent, informative man. So I had him on the show. It's kind of a departure from the normal politics. But it had something to do with politics because I think politically speaking, the core problems in this country have a lot to do with prejudice, racism, misogyny, and uh, anti-Semitism. And he was able to give us some interesting insights. And I was happy to have him on the show. And uh, he will probably be on the show again at some point in the future. Uh, And if I run into other people like him, I will do what I can to get them on the show as well. Now, let, let, let's get to the election last night. It went, uh, you know, it's kind of touch and go. It's very tight races. And I think a lot of Democrats really got into this, and they, they, I think they thought that every Republican would be wiped out and every Democrat would win. And that would be logically what we could expect, but that was never going to happen. We have districts that are hardcore, Trump-humping, red states. You know, we got Marjorie Taylor Greene. She won her race against Marcus Flowers. And I guess that shouldn't surprise us, given the district she represents. But don't get too worried about Marjorie Taylor Greene. She may have won the race. But now that the election's over... It's now indictment season. The likes of Merrick Garland, Fonnie Willis down in Georgia, the folks in New York, they don't have to hold back anymore. The election is over. Now they can get to get and get down to business. And now that the election is over, we're going to hear about those folks that are sitting members of Congress that may have been involved in the insurrection. The evidence and the witnesses will be exposed. The DOJ will be free to do what they do. 
And things don't look good for the likes of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene or Paul Gosar or Jim Jordan or uh, Holly or any of these fucks. If they had anything to do with the insurrection, they are in some deep trouble. And the DOJ and the January 6th committee is held back talking about that because of the election. But the election's now over. Now, here's what you need to understand about the election. Everything is very close. Everybody's worried about who's going to give them, get the majority in the House and the Senate. It is very close. We don't absolutely know for sure. And the fact of the matter is, we may not know today or tomorrow. It may be a week from now. As I've said, uh, Nevada, Arizona, California, they're usually taking a little bit more time to get their votes compiled and published. So it might be a while before we know the actual facts of what is going on. Now, the interesting thing is there's many conservatives right now. They have called for the Republican Party to move from President Trump Tuesday evening after it became apparent the party was underperforming. Yes, the greatest loser last night may have been Donald Trump. And if you remember, I talked to you about this. I said Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party or the sect portion of the Republican Party that happens to be fucking nuts. But I told you, remember, if his endorsees don't perform well, if the Republican Party doesn't perform well, they're going to realize that Donald Trump is no longer an asset. He is now a liability. And what the Republican Party will do will kick him to the fucking curb. They don't, I don't care if they think he's their Lord and Savior. Once he's no use to them, he's fucking gone. And his endorsees aren't doing well. I can give you one specifically. Fetterman against Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania for that Senate seat. Donald Trump was a big Dr. Oz supporter. He said Dr. Oz was going to win. But guess what? Just before I came onto this podcast, they announced the, uh, I think MSNBC is projecting that Fetterman will beat Dr. Oz. That's a big get for the Democrats and a big punch in the eyeball for Donald Trump. And that's the o- not the only endorsee that isn't doing well. He's got a number of them. And now the Republicans are sitting back and saying, well, what the fuck happened? You have to understand the Republicans, based on history, figured that they would come in and easily get the majority in the House and possibly the Senate. But that doesn't look like the case. You know, right after the 2020 election, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that the Republicans would win the House easily and probably the Senate, because that's what happens, historically speaking, after a Democrat is elected president during the midterms. They thought there was no question. They thought they were going to win the House and possibly the Senate. They were getting cocky about it. They were fucking already making plans of what they're going to do once they got power. But last night, the election comes, and guess what? 
There was no red wave like they predicted, not even close to a red wave. The Democrats actually did a very good job during the midterm elections. As much as there's a lot of people that may be disappointed, you shouldn't be. Because a big message was sent last night. And that message is, Donald Trump ain't shit. And we don't need him. Now, you'll know that down in Florida, Ron DeSantis easily won back the governorship of Florida. That's shitty news for those of us that don't like Ron DeSantis. But frankly, his only power is in Florida. And if Florida wants Ron DeSantis as governor, you get what you deserve. It's not going to go well. But the problem with Ron DeSantis winning and Donald Trump losing tonight, essentially, by proxy through his endorsees, that puts a bigger price tag on Ron DeSantis for 2024. And how do you think Donnie Trump is going to like that? How do you think Donnie Trump is going to feel now that Ron DeSantis won? And now Ron DeSantis is going to get all cocky, and he's going to start preparing to run for president in two years. I still don't believe that Ron DeSantis will run for president in 2024. I don't think he'll have the opportunity to do that. He's got many issues to deal with. But right now, he looks like a stronger candidate than Donald Trump. For 2024. And how do you think Donnie's going to handle that? Yeah, that's not going to be good. So these two are going to go head to head, tearing each other apart, which is a good thing for Democrats. We love it when Republicans try to destroy each other. And that is going to happen more now. Because of the election last night, you're going to have the faction that follows Donald Trump that will want to stand by Donald Trump. And the other people using common sense and logic saying, you know, sticking with Donald Trump isn't working. Maybe we should do something different. And that's what they'll do. And that will separate the Republican Party and cause a lot of infighting. Now, people are saying, well, what does it matter if the Republicans win the House? I still don't think they're going to win the House. I mean, when this started, it was a foregone conclusion, historically speaking, that the Republicans would win. But as time went on and the Republicans continued to fuck up by overturning Roe v. Wade, telling us they're going to get rid of Social Security, marginalizing LGBTQ and suppressing votes of people of color, none of these things gained them votes And it was proved out last night during the election. They should have come in, uh, historically speaking, and took the House with no problem. But they haven't done that yet. In fact, now the pundits on television who were saying, yeah, the Republicans have it, they're saying, you know, the Democrats could hold the House and the Senate. Especially now that Fetterman just beat Dr. Oz. That's a net gain of one there. So that's good news. And then people will say, what about Herschel Walker and uh, uh, Raphael Warnock? That's, That's a tight race. That's a very tight race. And that's true. It is a tight race. For a while, uh, Herschel was above, and I think now, last check, um, 
Raphael Warnock was a little above Herschel Walker. It's tight. And it's amazing to me that somebody like Herschel Walker gets half that many votes, let alone be neck and neck with Raphael Warnock. I don't understand how that happens. How do people in Georgia vote for Herschel Walker? As much as he is corrupt, he is also an idiot. That's really who you want representing you in the Senate. Well, apparently there's a number of people that do. But here's what you have to understand. Even if Herschel Walker beats Raphael Warnock by a little bit, or Raphael Warnock beats Herschel Walker by a little bit, when it's all said and done and all the votes are counted, guess what? If neither one of them reached 50% or more, and they're both about 48, 49% right now, if neither one of them reach 50% or more, now there's a runoff. You remember that from last time around in 2020 with both Ossoff and Raphael Warnock were in a runoff. So even if Herschel Walker wins by two percentage points and he has 49 and, and Warnock has 47%, there's no winner. They have to get over 50% and there will be a runoff, another election in Georgia. And that will come on December 6th. So if you're worried about Georgia, just keep watching the percentages. But even if Warnock wins by a little bit and he doesn't break 50%, it's all about a runoff. we got to wait another month to find out who's going to win the Senate seat in Georgia. And guess what? If things kind of go the way they're going, it may not be till then till we find out who is going to control the Senate. It may be that close. Maybe not. I think the Democrats have a good shot of uh, getting a substantial majority in the Senate. But we have to wait and see. Nobody knows for sure. I'm certainly no expert to say who's going to win and who's not going to win if we don't have the results in. But if it's close, that means that one race will determine who has the majority in the Senate. Now, keep in mind, we have a 50-50 Senate now. The tiebreaker is Kamala Harris, the vice president, who is the president of the Senate. If we end up with a 50-50 split again, nothing changes. It's still Kamala Harris with the uh, deciding vote or the tiebreaker. But the important thing is with the Senate, we need at least a couple of extra so we can counteract uh, um, mansion and cinema so we can actually get some things done maybe we can challenge the uh, filibuster and some other things so we're going to see what happens but you understand a lot of people are concerned and upset but there's nothing to be upset yet about There's still a lot to be determined. And the fact of the matter is the Democrats did way better than the Republicans ever expected. There was no red wave. The Republicans didn't take control like they thought they would. And now they have to look at Donald Trump and the policies that Donald Trump espouses and the things they've done to side with Donald Trump. And they have to realize, you know, even if we got a one-seat 
um, advantage in the House, Donald Trump didn't do us any favors. We should have got 25 seats, but that didn't happen. You have to understand what's going on with the midterm. This midterm election is kind of unprecedented. A midterm election where the president, whether he be Republican or Democrat, wins, and it doesn't go to the opposite party, is rare. It's happened a couple of times in my lifetime, back with uh, Bill Clinton and back with uh, George W. Bush. Now, keep in mind, when the midterms went for the party of the president, like with George W. Bush or Bill Clinton, you got to remember that the uh, uh, favorability poll for those presidents was like in the 60% range. So they were well thought of. People liked George W. Bush and Bill Clinton at that time. And that's a big reason why the midterms went their way. This one's a little different. We're looking at Joe Biden with a 43% approval rating, yet the Democrats did a hell of a job on the midterm elections. So what's that tell you? It tells you that the Republicans are messaging the wrong way. They're doing the wrong things, and they know this. And here's something interesting to consider. If the Republicans get a small percent or a small majority in the House, if that happens, and I'm not convinced that that's going to happen, but if it happens, that spells trouble for Kevin McCarthy. We know he loves the idea of becoming the Speaker of the House. But if the House is only won by the Republicans by one or two seats, he's probably not going to get elected Speaker of the House. It's going to be somebody else. And, and the thing is, is that's what I told you, too. Kevin McCarthy, even if the Republicans get the majority in the House, is not a shoe-in for the Speaker of the House. He's fucked up too much. He's just fucked up too much. Here's another interesting race in New Hampshire, for example, incumbent Senator Maggie Hansen of New Hampshire. She was kind of viewed as vulnerable. She won re-election against Trump-backed Don Bolduck by double digits. That was not expected. But Don Bolduck did the fucking stupid thing and started talking QAnon conspiracy theory bullshit, and it bit him in the ass. Again, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis mopped the floor with Charlie Crist. Charlie wasn't even in this fucking race. And Marco Rubio also cruised to a re-election and perennial um, GOP House candidate, Anna Paulina Luna finally got over the hump amid Florida's bloodbath for Democrats. There's still a small chance the party ekes out control of one or both chambers of Congress, but uh, after a lackluster evening, many conservatives on Twitter last night expressed a desire to move on from Trump. And that is going to be the talking points for the Republicans henceforth. Donald Trump is showing he's not as strong as he once was. He doesn't have as much control as he once did. And I'll be honest with you, 
where Donald Trump fucked up was he got involved. Remember, I told you the last thing the Republicans wanted is for this election to be about Donald Trump. I mean, keep in mind, in 2020, he lost by 7 million votes. He's really not a strong guy to have supporting you. And then he goes out and says and does stupid shit. He's under investigation by any number of uh, uh, of, of, of places like the DOJ, Georgia, New York, and such. He's got a lot of bad shit going with him. He's not really in a good position to speak out, but... Of course, it's all about Donald Trump when you're talking about Donald Trump. He's got to make it about him. And that was the absolute worst thing he could do for the Republican Party. And we're seeing now by how the midterm elections have turned out. The Republicans should have easily come in here and taken control of the House and possibly the Senate. But that's not the case. We don't even know for sure that they get control of anything. The pundits on TV, the same ones that told us, oh, it's a foregone conclusion, the Republicans are going to win the House, are saying, well, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. There's a lot of Republicans that are disappointed. And uh, after the break, I'm going to talk about one important Republican who's acknowledging the bullshit and the general defeat, Lindsey Graham. We will talk about that after the break, uh, but um, we're going to hear more about this as the days go on. I saw on TV, they had a reporter, I don't know which, which network it was, but they cut away to Kevin McCarthy's headquarters. He's all excited, we're going to get the red wave. <laughs> and when they cut there... Earlier to earlier last night, it was dead as a doornail. Nobody was cheering. Nobody was excited because this is not turning out like they expected. Now, I've told you before, you know, they told us that Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden. That didn't happen. They keep telling us Donald Trump will be back in the Oval Office. Just you wait. They keep telling us, just you wait, and we wait, and it never occurs. As much as you might be disappointed by how things went last night, you really have to understand it went pretty well. We don't know the end result as yet, and it might be a little time before we do hear the end result. But uh, there is no joy in Trumplefuckville. They are not happy about this. And they have one person to blame, and that is Donald Trump. He has been their Lord and Savior. He has been their Pied Piper. He, they did everything he said. They thought it would get them votes, and last night they found out, oh, hell no, it's costing us votes. And they're going to have to look at Donald Trump and say, you know, Don, it's been nice to have you around, but now get the fuck out of here. we got to somehow try to salvage what we've got. If in the end they don't get the majority in the House or the Senate, this is going to be an utter failure for the Republican Party. Just the way it turned out, even if they get a slim margin in the House, it's still an abject failure for the Republicans. They fucked up. You and I know they fucked up two years ago when they decided to stand with Donald Trump. 
but for whatever reason, they couldn't see it, or they were too afraid of Donald Trump to step away from him. That's what they should have done. Now, if the Republicans said, okay, Donnie, nice to have you around. You lost the race. Get the fuck out of here. We don't want to deal with you. The Republicans would have done way better in the midterms than they did. They would have won the House, possibly the Senate. But now it's hanging by a thread. And as much as you're still worried about who's going to have control, that was a good night for the Democrats. There is no question about it. No question. And Donald Trump is the reason why it went badly for the Republican Party. So the next couple of years aren't going to be too good for Donald Trump. He didn't do the Republicans any favors for the midterms. In fact, he failed. Ron DeSantis, his uh, greatest rival for the presidency in 2024, kicked ass down in Florida. So that makes him a stronger candidate. Everybody's going to say, yeah, Donnie, that's fine, but we're going to go with Ron. Now, Ron has his own problems that he might be going through, and I don't think he'll run in 2024. And as I stated before, everybody's worried about Donald Trump running in 2024. I'm telling you right now the same thing I told you before the election. The Republicans won't want any part of him. And a big reason is for what happened last night in the midterms. He's not a strong enough asset. In fact, it turns out he's a liability, so they're going to want to get away from them. And hopefully that may improve the Republican Party, but I doubt it, because Ron DeSantis isn't better. Now, I'll tell you why I don't think Ron DeSantis will be running in 2024. We still have this thing going on with Matt Gates down in Florida. Now, some anonymous person came out and said, well, they're not going to indict or prosecute Matt Gates." But nobody knew where that came from. Nobody knew if it was true or not. It was just put out there in, in, in the world and people believed it. Well, don't believe it. If you don't know where it came from, if it was an anonymous source, fuck it. That's bullshit. That's rhetoric. But here's the interesting thing. This uh, Goldberg guy, I think his name is, is the one that is throwing Matt Gates under the bus. This is going to come to fruition, too. Again, the DOJ is handling this. And you're probably saying, why has nothing been done with Matt Gates? Well, the same reason nothing has been done with any political official. Because of the election. Because of the election, they don't want to give the appearance that they're trying to to um, affect the election. So now that the election is over, Matt Gates did win, by the way, but I'm not too worried about that. He's part of the insurrectionist. He could very well get expelled after it's all said and done. But the interesting thing about Matt Gates's situation, uh, you got this uh, dirt bag that's throwing Matt Gates under the bus. But you know what? I saw a lot of pictures of this Goldberg or Gold, whatever his name is, Matt Gates. And guess who they did a lot of pictures with? Ron DeSantis. I'm still thinking Ron DeSantis may be caught up in some of this sex trafficking thing. 
I mean, look at his beady little fucking eyes. Doesn't he look like the kind of guy that would sex traffic uh, children? He does. He just does. I mean, he's a dirt ball. And if all the people in the villages in Florida want to vote for Ron DeSantis, well, good fucking luck to you. But I tell you what, as somebody who's in his senior years, somebody who knows people that go down to um, the villages in the winter, it's just a bunch of old people, you know, it's a big old people resort. I know people that go down there, but I tell you this, I wouldn't fucking go down there for anything. That sounds like a shithole. <laughs> I even heard somebody tell me, I don't know if this is true, but it wouldn't surprise me that, um, the villages with all these old people is kind of a hotbed of STDs. Now, what's grosser <laughs> than hearing about a hotbed of STDs? That would be a bunch of 75-year-old people having sex. Now, that is fucking gross. And I'm saying that as I'm 62. I don't know what the fuck they're doing down there, but they're clearly supporting Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And regardless of their age or anything else, I fucking don't like them. I won't be going to Florida. I won't be going to Texas uh, just because they've shown me who they are and I just don't want to do it. I feel sorry for the people who live in Texas and Florida that are of a reasonable mind that are democratic and liberal. There's a lot of good people in those states, and I don't mean to suggest the entire states are shit, but the majority clearly are voting for shitty candidates, and that is troubling. Anyway, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, let's talk about everyone's favorite Trumplafuck. I'm talking about Senator Lindsey Graham. Last night, he acknowledged a red wave did not materialize on election night, as Republicans had hoped, in a downbeat interview with NBC News as results were coming in. Savannah Guthrie said this, Let's talk about New Hampshire, because here's, here's one where Republicans were feeling kind of good recently about winning that one. But you do have General Bolduc, who it was controversial election denier from that wing of the party. Well, how are you reading these tea leaves, Savannah Guthrie? Not a fan of Savannah Guthrie, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Graham went on to say, if you run that far behind your governor, kind of that you probably made a mistake. So, you know, General Bolduc served his country well, but you know, Sununu, who won the governorship, won big. Bolduc, you know, wouldn't talk about what we should have done, I guess, but definitely not a Republican wave. That's for darn sure. I was in charge of Guam, so I want to take credit for that, Graham joked. So Graham is not uh, feeling this midterms either. Now, he mentioned Guam, which I thought was big in 1993, last time we were gone, Guam, I think, you know, I think we're going to be at 51-52 when it's all said and done, the Senate, Graham predicted. Well, let's talk about Donald Trump effect. 
There have been a couple of conversations around this table as it's become apparent there's not going to be a wave here. And the question of whether his appearance along the way has actually hurt the Republicans. Do you give that any credence, Lester Holt asked Graham. And of course, Graham, the consummate sycophant, says, you know, not really. I think it was a referendum on Biden. You know, if we take back the House and we get the Senate majority, that's a very good night. A wave would have been like New Hampshire and Colorado, Graham replied. Senator Ted Cruz stuck a similar tone on the election while discussing the results on his podcast, saying it hasn't been as big a wave as I'd hoped it would be. We've had some closer races going the other way so far. You see, (laughs) they know it was bad for them, but they they still can't own it yet because there's still some uncertainty on who's going to have the majority. You notice how they're talking like they're going to get the majority. I think they're, they're being a little presumptuous, certainly in the Senate and probably the House. Graham continued, so you know, you got to take your hats off to the Democrats. They performed well in a lot of these swing districts. You know, a couple of days from now, we'll know better. Yeah, we'll know better, and I think Lindsay is not going to be happy about it. One of those things um, that he's not going to be happy about is Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman has now been projected to beat Mehmet Oz in the state's marquee Senate race, delivering a crucial win for the Democrats. That is a big get for the Democrats. If they win all their other Senate races that they've already held and they get this one, that gives them a 51 to 49 advantage. NBC News and Fox News called the race. Fetterman's victory comes after the race became a jump ball in the final weeks, with Oz having narrowed the gap in polling after a frenetic surge in the final two months. He will replace the retiring Pat Toomey, who was a Republican. So now Pennsylvania has gone from a Republican senator to a Democratic senator. And as I say, that's a big get for the Democrats. The sitting lieutenant governor, who won his first statewide office in 2018, powered his way through the Democratic primary field, winning with 58% support, more than double the total received by Representative Connor Lamb, a Democrat from Pennsylvania. He was the second-place finisher who won 26%. However, that was the last easy part of the campaign, as Fetterman suffered a stroke only days before the primary, which he says almost killed him and left him on the sidelines for months As he tried to recuperate, the Democratic nominee did not appear at campaign rallies until early August. Now, of course, Oz got a gift here because Fetterman's health remained an issue and a constant talking point throughout the final months of the campaign. Fetterman's campaign only agreed to one single debate. That took took place October 25th weeks after the mail-in ballots were sent out across the state. Now, to suggest that Fetterman didn't fare well in that debate, I think he did well in the debate, but some of his 
his uh, speaking problems because of the stroke were amplified in that debate. And a lot of people thought, well, this is the end of Fetterman. He fucked up. He shouldn't have done the debate. Now he's going to lose. Well, it turns out he fucking won. So that means that his stroke and his less than par performance in the debate didn't matter. Or people hate fucking Dr. Oz that much. I have to think a little of both. We'd rather have a guy that had a stroke and has a little trouble talking than that crazy fuck, Mehmet Oz. And I, you know, I love seeing this because what it does do, it really embarrasses Donald Trump. He was big behind Dr. Oz. You know, the other thing that didn't help Dr. Oz is the woman who made him. Oprah came out and said, yeah, I'd vote for Fetterman. I wouldn't vote for Oz. If the woman who made him as famous and as wealthy as he is wouldn't vote for him, that's a little troubling. That's very troubling. Now, there's another race, another Senate race in Wisconsin. And that is Ron Johnson and Mandela Barnes. It's a very close race. It's almost too close to call. Uh, At this point, Ron Johnson is leading a bit, and for the life of me, I don't get that. Ron Johnson is an absolute fool. Uh, But the important thing to remember is he admitted that he was part of this fake elector thing. Yeah, I only had it for a couple of seconds, but you did have it, which means you were involved in this fake elector scheme. So even if Ron Johnson wins, it's conceivable that he will uh, have some troubles with the law after the fact, it's not going to go well for him should he win. But I think that Mandela Barnes could probably pull this out. I mean, we'll see. We don't know for sure. But I, I think it's a distinct possibility. Now, what you have to understand of what's going on in the mentalities of the Democrats and the Republicans the, Repo- uh, the Democrats are fucking giddy. They are happy with what happened. They are surprised. Because, again, historically speaking, the Democrats shouldn't have had a chance tonight in either the House or the Senate. But they not only had a chance, they may very well maintain the majority in the House and the Senate. That's a big loss for Republicans. Steve Bannon and the far right have no idea what to do after seeing the so-called red wave turn to be a little more constipated than they anticipated. Any win at all for a Democrat isn't being believed by the right, according to MSNBC Ben Collins, who has been watching the right on message boards all night. He said he first used the word despondent, but said at one point, the real word is catatonic. And I love that for them, don't you? To coin a phrase from muscles and nursing. I don't think they had a plan for this, to be honest. I've been watching all of the most wonderful parts there this evening. Infowars and Steve Bannon style shows that he is populating this evening. They did not have a plan. And that is kind of interfering with their backup plan. He explained that Arizona was going to be a key piece to their conspiracies and their fights, but not that might not even matter anymore. And frankly, Mark Kelly 
is winning pretty handily in the Senate race there. We still have a ways to go, but uh, they're not doing well. Kerry Lake for governor isn't doing very well right now. I don't think they had plans for this, to be honest. Um, and that's that's the whole point. It's what I've said before. They're so arrogant. They just assume they're going to win. They can't look at facts. They can't look at the truth. They make shit up in their minds and they just go with it as if it's going to be real. Um, And then he went on to say they want to make all of the, you know, what they call shenanigan stuff happening down there with their uh, viral lies about voter tabulations this morning. They want to make that into a huge deal. And it might not even matter at the end of the day, depending on where the Democrats end up. Uh, assuming they ended up winning Pennsylvania, it may not matter. And then uh, the reporter went on to say, I can't really stress this. It's a very weird vibe on these sites. They seem a little despondent. Meanwhile, Donald Trump has taken uh, the times of the victory while almost attacking candidates, he said, lost because they didn't support him enough and abandoned the big lie. So this is what Donald Trump is doing. He's seeing Republicans losing, and he's upset by this because he knows it weakens his position. I mean, his position is shot right now, as I suspected would happen. So what he does, he gets mad at the Republicans that lose and say, you didn't support me enough, and you abandoned the big lie. No, Donald, quite the opposite is the truth. The fact that they supported you, the fact that any Republicans supported you, is the reason the midterms has gone the way it did. And this is not a win for the Republicans. This is a big loss. This is a big embarrassment. This is a point where they have to sit back and say, you know, should we change up what we're doing? And that change up would be getting rid of fucking Donald Trump, stopping the support of Donald Trump. Um, Collins goes on to say there was a moment where I thought maybe they had pre-taped some stuff earlier today because they had kept going with the red wave stuff, said Collins. And then the tide turns at some point in the middle of the evening. They realize it was maybe not coming through the way they thought it was. They were looking at all these other places that really did not line up with all the polls that we were seeing in the weeks beforehand. They sort of can't believe it. They really do, did not have a plan. They were making fun of Democrats' ability to get out there and vote while they started to lose some of these races. Now, earlier in the day, on Election Day, a former national security official at the Justice Department, Mary McCord, warned that the major thing would be watching and waiting for possible violence. As far as I know, there has been no violence. And as I told you before, These people aren't going to play those games. They don't have Donald Trump to protect them anymore. They go out there and commit violence. It's going to go very badly for them. And so um, this is not a good night for 
the Republicans. Maybe it's not as good a night as you hoped for for the Democrats, but we don't know yet. We have to wait to see how these things play out, what ultimately happens. And so those people that are upset and disappointed, don't be. Things are actually going pretty good. You can't hope for a clean sweep because the clean sweep was never going to happen. We've got a certain faction of people out there that are fucking stupid. They're fucking stupid. Right now, if you look at the projections for the Senate and the House, they are evenly split. Right now, the Senate, they picked up a Senate seat, so they're at 48. Republicans are at 47. But it could go either way, depending on what happens. Now, that said, Mark Kelly in Arizona, who is the incumbent, is winning handily in his race, which would be not a gain, but keeping control of a seat. Now, in the House, they're looking, they're projecting the possibility of um, a toss-up. I saw somebody suggesting that they're projecting that uh, the Republicans could get 219 seats. Now, you have to understand, in order to get the majority in the House, you have to get 218 seats. Now, that would give them a one- or two-seat lead if that happens. However, these people projecting that are saying, but that's with a 13-seat variance either way. So this is a toss-up. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But as I say, they were expecting to come in here and just... Take the house. No problems. A bit of good news down in Arizona. Um, We've got Mark Kelly beating Blake, uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Let me just go down here and see if I can find it. Um, Okay, here's a bunch of people who who are winning. Um, Brad Raffensperger. Remember him down in Georgia, the Secretary of State? He won his race. Now, he's a Republican, but we know he did the right thing when Donald Trump tried to to coerce him into overturning the election down there. John Fetterman, of course, beats uh, Mehmet Oz. J.D. Vance apparently has beaten Tim Ryan. He is a Republican. He's a fucking author. He's one of the elite. And he won. How this happens, I don't fucking know. There are clearly a lot of people that don't read, don't watch TV, don't know anything other than he's Republican. Some other good news is that you you heard about the race with Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. She was up against this clown named Tudor Dixon. Yeah, well, she beat Tudor Dixon. So they not only got Governor Whitmer in there, uh, there's a Michigan vote that guarantees the right to an abortion. That that vote looks like it's going to go the way of allowing people the option of abortion which is good news. 
These Republicans thought they were going to control everything. They thought they were going to take Michigan. They thought they were going to take Secretary of State seats. But that didn't happen. Now, one bit of bad news, Brian Kemp defeats Stacey Abram to win in Georgia. And this this kind of upsets me. Stacey Abram is probably one of the best prospects for politician in this country. I see big things from Stacey Abrams, but she cannot beat Brian Kemp for governor. Now, of course, she she lost to him, uh, what, four years ago? And uh, she just lost to him last night. So that's bad news. Uh, Stacey Abrams, though, you haven't heard the last of her. She is going to be all over the place. And I wouldn't be surprised if she ran for the Senate at some point. Now, she'd have to go up against Warnock or Ossoff, and who knows when that might happen. But uh, look for Stacey Abrams maybe to be appointed to the Biden administration at some point. She's that powerful. She's that good of a politician. To have her sit on the sidelines makes no fucking sense. Now, we know that Fetterman beat Oz in Pennsylvania. But that wasn't the only good news in uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, Democratic uh, gubernatorial candidate Josh Shapiro is projected to be the winner in Pennsylvania, which is good news. He beat Doug Mastriano. Now, Doug Mastriano, you'll remember, is one of these QAnon Trump-humping pieces of shit. And he had no business even running as a candidate, let alone winning. Well, thankfully, he did not win. And Josh Shapiro will be the governor of Pennsylvania. That's good news. We also have a Democratic um, governor. Hold on a second here. We have a new Democratic governor in Maryland, and that gentleman is Wes Moore. He is the first black governor of the state of Maryland. That is good news. Now, there is some bad news out there. Marjorie Taylor Greene won. It's not all that uh, surprising given where she comes from. It was kind of a foregone conclusion that she was going to win. She beat Marcus Flowers. But again, when you're talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's going to be interesting to see how long she stays in her seat. When the indictments start flying and the evidence and the witnesses start coming to the surface, regarding the insurrection. I'll guarantee you Marjorie Taylor Greene was in the mix, and she may have more problems than she understands. Keep in mind, we have a grand jury on the January 6th insurrection with the DOJ. Everything that goes on in the grand jury is always secret. So there's a lot of information, a lot of evidence going on, and a lot of witnesses that have testified in the grand jury, and we just do not know what that is, um, what that is about. 
Now, we kept hearing about the violence and the harassment and such at the uh, at the polls, and I don't think there was nearly as much as what people thought. But an early incident report from North Carolina's Board of Elections showed voters reporting cases of possible harassment and intimidation at polling locations. Students in New Hanover claimed they were harassed while walking from class to a voting site where the board says an observer angrily confronted an election official. The state board and its law enforcement partners are monitoring several isolated incidents of possible voter or poll worker harassment or intimidation, as well as an aggressive campaign outside polling places. Election officials in Columbus County say they were harassed by an observer who was following one-stop workers and taking photographs or recording video of them. There wasn't any violence per se, but they were certainly trying to intimidate. And, you know, frankly, that's what Republicans do. But in spite of what they thought was going to happen, in spite of any intimidation, they still aren't doing well. They aren't doing well. Donald Trump is losing his shit. And you can bet that when we start hearing reports of true social Donnie's going to be a little unhinged because he's seeing his power slipping away. And once he doesn't have power and once he is vulnerable and once the Republicans aren't supporting him, that stops the money, that stops the power, and sets him up nicely for indictments. Now, according to a report from the New York Times on Election Day, Donald Trump served notice to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell that he wants him gone from the Republican Party leadership should the former president be reelected president in 2024. Well, Donnie, I don't think that's looking too good for you now. You were a failure in the midterms. Ron DeSantis is much stronger than you are right now, and even he probably won't be running for president in 2024. Now, during an interview with Fox News, the former president gave an enthusiastic thumbs up to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, but warned he wants no part of the Kentucky Republican and will refuse to deal with him if he becomes president again. Very presumptuous, much like the Republicans were about the midterms. Oh, this is going to happen when we get power. This is what we're going to do. Except it didn't really turn out that way. Everything Donald Trump promises never happens. Remember Infrastructure Week? Yeah, no infrastructure. The whole four years he was in an office, and within the two-year period that Joe Biden's in office, we have an infrastructure bill. According to the Times report, Mr. Trump was less enthusiastic about Senator Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky and minority leader. He has repeatedly called on Senate Republicans to replace Mr. McConnell as leader and used racist terms to disparage his wife. Uh, During his appearance on Fox, Trump conceded, I think we'll probably have to live with him for two years before labeling him a lousy loser. Then he continued, he said, if I run and if I win, I will say, don't send me any legislation if he's the leader and he'll be out in two minutes. The former president seemed to endorse Rick Scott, you know, this dip fuck that had the 11-point plan that included um, 
taking away Social Security and Medicare, giving rich people tax breaks and getting that money from the middle class by increasing their tax rate. Yeah, that's a good guy to support. This is a guy that should be in charge of the Senate. The report adds that the former president also expressed his support for Representative Elise Stefanik, who wants to remain as the GOP House Conference Chair. Well, we'll have to see what the fuck happens here, because there's going to be a shakeup on the Republican side of things. Anybody following Donald Trump will probably be not that valuable to the Republican Party. Clearly, that was not a thing for them in this particular um, in this particular case in these midterms. Here's one uh, headline: Red Whimper, and four other takeaways from election night. <laughs> that's what <clears throat> that's what it's saying in the Huffington Post at this point, um, and that's that's essentially what it was. They came out here thinking it was going to be a red wave, that they were going to take control. So if you're sitting at home saying to yourself, oh, my God, the worst happened. The worst didn't happen. Actually, it worked out quite well for the Democrats. While it was not a sweeping blue wave, it really took away any power that the Republicans had. If they were ever going to have power to win the House and the Senate, 2022 would have been that time. You got a president who's Democrat. You got a president with an approval rating of 43%. But the Republicans fucked up, as I've said before. They overturned Roe v. Wade, should have done it after the midterms. It would have done well for them. That one call probably cost them so many elections. And then you throw out there, Say the quiet things out loud. Oh, we'll take away Medicare. We'll take away um, uh, Social Security. Come on, really? You think that's going to get you votes? Because it's not just Democrats who are on Medicare and get Social Security. It's everybody. That includes Republicans. That even includes dumb fuck Trumplefucks in the deepest part of the southern part of this country. They rely on Social Security. And what are you going to do if you take away the Social Security? Is it that point when these Trump fucks finally realize, hey, we fucked up? <laughs> yeah, you fuck up a lot. And you're working against your own better judgment. So for those people that were upset about how the midterms went last night, don't be. Things actually went pretty well. And um, we will wait to see who ultimately has control of the House and the Senate. But let me tell you this. It's just as likely that the Democrats will control the House and the Senate as the Republicans, maybe even more so for the, uh, the Democrats. And that win in Pennsylvania for Fetterman, that's a big fucking deal. They were counting on that one, and they didn't get it. That's a done deal. So we'll see what happens. But the fact of the matter is midterm election night actually went pretty well in spite of the fact that you might be nervous or concerned now. Don't be. Let's just watch this play out and see what happens. All right. 
We're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day and listening. We'll probably have another podcast during the day later today. Um, I hope you have a great day. Keep an eye out on what's going on and just be positive because things actually look pretty good. All right. We'll talk to you again tomorrow or later today, actually. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.